Tax file season is heating up. This week, we highlight five ways taxes could potentially take a bite out of your retirement savings. We'll offer some tips to help retirees navigate through tax season. Welcome in to Your Retirement with Sam Welcome once again to uh, Your Retirement, and it's all about dual financial strategies. I'm Chuck Caton, and in studio, we have Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel, and uh, Sam Duell. And uh, your retirement is, of course, a part and parcel of uh, uh, the uh, Fox Valley area, where uh, you may be in Green Bay, you may be in Appleton, and Byron's in between. And that number is 866-203-7486. That is the uh, telephone number to uh, reach us. Uh, remember now that uh, there are potential taxes on RMDs, the Social Security, and we really could stress your retirement nest egg. But today we're going to tackle it head on and offer some suggestions on how to minimize some of these taxes. And uh, Luke, we're going to start with you. Uh, remember that withdrawals taxed as ordinary income, not capital gains. People have to be aware of that. Yeah, when you take money out of those um, retirement plans, so your IRAs, your 401ks, you know, that's that's going to get taxed it doesn't benefit from the the capital gains rates which in some ways are favorable um, there's like seven different tiers to our ordinary income rates there's only three different tax uh, tiers if you will to our capital gains rate so we want to just remember that when we're taking those distributions out when you're taking your pension when you're taking your 401k your IRA distributions that's all going to be taxed at ordinary income now if you are fortunate enough to have Roth type funds, whether that's Roth IRA, Roth 401k, or properly structured life insurance, then the distributions there are not taxed at all, nor do you have to take any required distribution. All right, let's talk about that, Andy. Distributions, uh, you know, and what they mean, uh, they can really uh, toss you into a higher tax bracket if you're not careful. They can, and this happens quite often. And, I, you know, I apologize for the industry often because. So many times I have heard other advisors or other people in the financial world, banking, et cetera, and they'll say, oh, don't worry. When you go into retirement, you'll be in a lower tax bracket. Well, I'm sorry. That's just not the case. We do not see that fact all the time. Um, the challenge is that when you have to start taking your required minimum distributions or you start turning on your income streams, wherever those are coming from, any distributions that you take from your qualified accounts, IRAs or you know, 401ks, 457s, 403bs all get rolled to an IRA so that you can generally distribute them as you move away and out of the tax world, or excuse me, out of the work world. So from a standpoint of any distributions that you take from those pre-tax dollars are going to be taxed at whatever income tax bracket you are at now. And oftentimes people do not want to take a a decrease in their income when they go into retirement. You don't have the tax deductions that maybe you once had in the past between kids. We can't write off the mortgage interest at this point in time or itemize like we used to because we just have the standard deduction right now. So there are different, there are changes that have come through, but as you take these distributions and what often people will say is they get to their required minimum distribution time and they're like, well, we don't need the money but you have to take that out. And so that can change the tax bracket that you're in if you're not careful. So that's why we spend so much time talking about taxes within retirement, because that is something that generally you can plan for to a certain degree. Absolutely. So then, Luke, what we have to look at is uh, taking account uh, Social Security and the tax ramifications there, because your additional income can make uh, your Social Security taxable, can't it? 
It absolutely can, Chuck. I mean, to piggyback off of what Andy was just talking about with the distributions coming out of retirement accounts, that's all income. That's all getting, you know, causing you to get taxed. But what most people, most people assume that when it comes time to taking Social Security that, well, hey, I've already paid taxes on that money, so I shouldn't have to pay taxes on it again. Well, I see why you'd have that line of thinking, but that's just not the way it goes. Um, The way that Social Security works is... Um, a portion, well, it depends on the other income that you've got coming in, but your Social Security can be taxed one of three different ways. So you could fall into a 0% tax bracket for your Social Security, or option number two is up to 50% of your Social Security is taxable. And then the third way that Social Security can be taxed is up to 85%. So these are not the tax rates that you have to pay. It's just what portion of your Social Security benefit, whether you're single, whether you're married, that you'll have to report on the first page of your tax return as taxable income and then pay taxes accordingly. Now, the the interesting little factoid to um, the, the different income brackets, whether you're single, whether you're married, is that since Social Security started many, many decades ago, they have never adjusted these charts for inflation. So for a married couple um, to fall into that 85% bracket, you'd have to have income in excess of $44,000 a year. Well, because that's never been adjusted, $44,000 a year, you know, 30, 40 years ago is a lot different than the $44,000 today. You think they haven't done that one intentionally? Right. (laughs) So keep that in mind that your Social Security, if you've got assets, if you've, you're going to have required distributions, pension, all these other factors, or all these other sources of income, your Social Security is most likely going to have some taxes owed on it. Yeah, they, as Andy points out, they should be raising that every year with inflation because it's really not fair. Uh, it's, you're almost going to reach poverty level someday if you're making $34,000 a year. All right. Uh, but you talk about pensions, even though they're kind of vanishing, Andy, uh, they're still taxable. They are, in fact. And, you know, essentially they function much like your IRA. So generally employers that do offer pensions are responsible for making contributions and investments on behalf of employees. Yet, even though you still didn't get your tax break on the money that goes into a pension on your behalf, you're still responsible for taking and paying income taxes on that money when you receive it. I I always just kind of, as a rule of thumb in my brain, just say, how is this going to benefit the government? (laughs) And then you can pretty much figure out that you're going to pay taxes everywhere that they can get you because that's what they are out to do is get taxes. Yeah, we're talking taxes here because tax time is vast approaching here. And Luke, uh, your requirement distributions force you to uh, sell investments. Now, I guess the only good news is, uh, I know I can speak for this because I just turned 71, is that I'm going to have to wait two more years before I have to take out RMDs anymore because they've moved it up uh, with Secure Act 2.0 uh, to 73. Uh, but uh, let's talk about uh, having to uh, uh, sell some of your investments because you must pay those RMDs. And of course, if you're under, uh, if you're already paying them, you know what we're talking about. Right. If you're, if you're, you know, if you've already turned 72 or maybe 70 and a half years ago, you're already taking your required distribution and you're well aware of that. But if you're like Chuck or you're even a little bit before Chuck where you're, you know, in your 60s and your 50s, now you can benefit from waiting until 73 to start taking those required draws. Um, if, if, um, 
the entirety of your 401k, if the entirety of your IRA is invested and you don't hold much in the way of cash inside of there, well, then, of course, you're going to have to sell something to raise that cash to have that distribution go out and ensure that that minimum amount crosses the tax threshold because that's ultimately what Uncle Sam is looking for, is looking to force you to sell some of this because you never paid taxes on it up front. You have not paid taxes on its on its growth over the last 20, 30, 40 years, but now it's time to start crossing over the tax threshold um, so that Uncle Sam can get his share. But that that's something that we just, you want to plan for is that amount that's going to have to come out because every year we get older, we get one year closer to passing away. And so therefore they force us to take out a little bit more, a little bit more every single year. All right, so Andy, what can you do uh, to counteract these taxes here? Uh, There's certain steps that I think that you can help with. Absolutely. All of these are examples are meant to highlight the big role that taxes have in diminishing the value of your retirement assets. Sam talks about it all the time. You end up basically signing up a partnership with the feds in order with your qualified money and there's nothing that you can do about it but rather than letting it get you down take this opportunity to face the very real effect that taxes could potentially have on your retirement savings and factor that information into your financial planning calculations you'll be much better off if you face your retirement with your eyes wide open rather than hoping that whatever you save will get you by. Take proactive steps to counteract the effect that taxes can have on your retirement you'll be better off in the long run you could potentially use Roth accounts whenever possible. While you won't get a tax deduction on your contributions, you will be able to take that money tax-free. Take as little out of your retirement accounts as you can to help minimize your tax bill to begin with. Factor in other incomes when you're deciding how much money to withdraw from your retirement accounts. It may be a situation prior to turning 73 that maybe you want to start drawing down some of those money since we're going into an unknown tax time. And the tax laws that we have today are set to expire in 2025 or sunset. So from a standpoint, you still have a couple of years where you can do some effective tax planning, if you will, and try and figure out, does it make sense to perhaps let your Social Security keep rolling up to take money out of your retirement accounts? I don't know, but that's something that you can certainly look at. You might ask your employer to contribute to a Roth account on your behalf rather than a traditional pre-tax if you're still working, like a 401k. If there's a Roth option, that might be a better situation. You could maximize the taxable income in your retirement accounts and minimize the tax consequences of regular investment accounts you may have. So for example, since you'll be paying ordinary income tax on withdrawals anyway, put high income investments in your retirement accounts and save your long-term capital gain investments for your regular investment accounts. There's a multitude of things that you can do. All right. So Luke, how can dual financial strategies help our listeners? Well, we talk a lot on the radio about taxes. Um, When you come in for that retirement lifestyle review, which is just a chance to sit down, have a discussion about where you're at now, where would you like to go in the future and see if there might be a fit there. One of the areas that we're going to talk about is taxes uh, because this is the elephant in the room that not a lot of people are talking about when it comes to retirement. So um, keep us in mind. Give us a call. Chuck can give you the number to do that. Absolutely. And that number is 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. And don't delay, uh, don't procrastinate on this because it's all about your retirement. That retirement lifestyle review, by the way, is complimentary, no cost. 
no obligation to meet with Sam, Andy, or Luke of Dual Financial Strategies with their over 20 years of experience in this realm as financial planning. They're fiduciaries who have your best interest in mind in retirement. It's 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. What's coming up next, Andy? When we come back, we'll go over some key ages to consider in the retirement planning process, given that there may have been more changes with the passage of the SECURE Act 2.0. There are a few amendments you don't want to forget to include in your timeline. We're back on Dual Financial Strategies, your retirement program. I'm Chuck Caton, uh, and we have Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel, Sam Duell uh, in studio, and it's the Retirement Lifestyle Review that they'd like to talk about. But before we do, uh, we've got a little quote from uh, Will Rogers that said, even if you're on the right side of the track, uh, you're going to get run over if you just sit there. So you can't be complacent. So the closer you get to retirement, the more important uh, certain milestones and ages become to your retirement planning playbook. So uh, before we get to all those important milestones, we're going to check in with economist Peter Schiff and uh, his take on the expectations for the future uh, when it comes to the economy today. Well, I think people are underestimating just how bad the news is going to get. First of all, a lot of people think that inflation is going to come down. It's not. I think the decline is what's transitory. I think we're going to be making new year-over-year highs in inflation before the end of the year. And the recession that everybody denies exists is actually going to get worse. So we're going to have a weaker economy and stronger inflation. And the markets are not expecting that, and neither is the Fed. All right. Now, in contrast to that uh, way of thinking, uh, one United Bank CEO, Kevin Cohey, uh, joined Squawk on the Street to uh, discuss weathering that storm uh, from financial, from Fed rate hikes and uh, relief prospects for the housing market. I believe the key is to be calm right now and to realize that 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 although we have some challenges, we have a bright future ahead of us and to just not panic, study your positions carefully and stick with what you believe in. It's also a time of opportunity. I mean, prices are down and when prices are down, this is the time to buy. So I think this is the time to take advantage of opportunity. Well, the key to winning the game when it comes to retirement planning uh, will give you a significant edge in the accumulation and development of withdrawal strategies for later on in the journey. So there's a lot of ages here, uh, Andy and Luke, that we have to talk to uh, and talk about that are important for uh, people approaching retirement. Now, some of our listeners may be over these certain ages, but it's still good to go over them for some of our younger listeners because uh, starting, uh, Luke, with the age of 50, why is that significant? Well, at age 50, you can add additional funds to your retirement account. So um, your, your 401ks, if you're still working, you can add an additional $7,500 to those. If you are have your own um, IRA set up, um, through maybe a financial advisor or a bank, you can add an additional $1,000 to each of those accounts. And it is important to note that if you have a 401k and you're contributing, maybe you're meeting the match um, requirement, maybe you reach the limit, you can also contribute to the IRA or the Roth IRA um, while you're doing the 401k contributions. All right, so Andy, 59 and a half. We've talked about that age for a lot of different reasons. Why? 
Well, it is an important benchmark. And again, why does the federal government choose 59 and a half? God only knows. But it is significant. This is where you can start to take money out of your IRAs, your qualified accounts, 401ks, um, without the additional 10% penalty that has come along in the past. So if you withdraw money prior to age 59 and a half, not only will you pay taxes on that at whatever tax bracket you're at, but you would have a 10% uh, penalty for taking out an early distribution. But you hit 59 and a half. Now, depending on your job, you may be able to do what's called a non-hardship distribution and roll it over to your own account, or you could simply take out withdrawals without being penalized the 10%. So it's pretty important. I know Sam's going to speak here on the next age brackets of 60, 61, 62, and 63. All right. So Sam, why are those ages important now, those particular four years uh, in terms of retirement planning? Well, this has changed with uh, Secure Act 2.0. I, that's, uh, this was a big part of it. But the significance of this is that during that time frame, that four years, it's going to increase the age-based catch-up limits to the greater of $10,000 or 50% more than the regular age 50 catch-up amount in 2025. Now, this doesn't happen until that time frame, so we're, we're a little ways out from this. But basically what's going to happen is that 60, 61, 62, 63, the uh, catch-up provision is going to be even higher than what it is now. But I want to remind you and make sure that you're, you're aware of this. This begins calendar years after December 31st of 2024. So this does not come into play for well, almost two years at, at the point in time you're listening to this. But there will be the ability to put even more money into those accounts uh, if that's prudent for you. All right. So when we talk all these different ages, Luke, between 62 and 70, there are some uh, Social Security ramifications, right? Yeah, between 62 and 70, that's when the window opens up for you to start drawing your Social Security benefit. Of course, if you draw your Social Security benefit at age 62, you are taking uh, nearly a 30% reduction over your full retirement benefit. So your re full retirement benefit, which for most of you today out there listening that are getting close to retirement, is probably between 66 and 67 years old. So that's what your benefit is based off of. If you go earlier, they reduce it. However, if you wait even beyond your full retirement age of 66 or 67 years old, then your Social Security rolls up at 8%. So if you've ever heard um, something called the delayed retirement credit being 8%, that's what they're speaking of. That 8% higher payment will come to you for the rest of your life. And the other th important note is uh, many people think that, well, I've got to wait until that next birthday to get that increase. They will credit you right down to the month. So if you wait one, one month beyond 67, they'll credit you one twelfth of the 8% growth. So you don't have to, you don't have to go right at the year. They'll credit you right down to the month. That, uh, that was a pleasant surprise for me, too, when I remember uh, applying for Social Security several years ago, and they said, hey, how would you like an extra $32,000? And I said, why? He says, well, you passed your full retirement age by X number of months, and uh, so we're going to give it to you. Bad news is you have to pay taxes on it, but uh, it was a nice little uh, chunk of change for us. So uh, we talk about uh, when to take Social Security. Well, a magic age for something else, Andy, is 65. What is it? Well, 65 is where you can apply for Medicare, uh, and that can be a little bit, if you're still working, there can be some flux in that situation. But for most people, um, they 
they may use that as their benchmark for retirement is, you know, well, I can claim and get social security, excuse me, I can get Medicare benefits by that point in time. But it is important to remember that if you do not, if you're not covered by any other health plan, there actually is a penalty if you do not apply on time. So beware, and you may apply for the Medicare side of it. If you don't have a prescription plan, they will also penalize you for not starting a full prescription plan. So just make sure that you are working with somebody like Lake in our office who knows the ins and outs of Medicare when you're going to apply for it um, so that you make sure you get A, what you need, and B, that you're not leaving anything on the table that might hurt you and penalize you later. We're talking about significant dates in your retirement planning with uh, Sam Duell, Andy Schooler, and Luke Van Abel. And uh, here at Duell Financial Strategies, our phone number is 866-203-7486 if you want amplification about this. But I think it's pretty obvious, Sam, uh, what uh, age 70 means. Yeah, age 70 would be the uh, the longest time frame that you would want to delay taking your social security benefits so you qualify to start taking social security benefits at 62 years old and then each year that you delay taking it as luke mentioned you receive an eight percent uptick um if you i don't know if you haven't applied or if you had not applied but if you haven't registered hello w.ssa.gov they don't send those statements out like they used to you have to go online to get those but you can go on there and if you you just go on and register it's very easy process Um, you can see every year 62 63 64 65 and you can see that your social security payments will just steadily increase but at age 70 it will cap out so it doesn't make any fiscal sense to wait beyond age 70 to start taking social security because you will not receive any increases beyond that date all right, we talked about Secure Act 2.0, Luke, as we wrap this segment up. Age 73 becomes significant now. It does. If you're thinking, oh, I thought it was 72, well, three and a half weeks ago, 72 was the magic number for taking the required distributions. But as of January 1st of this year, 2023, new laws have gone into place with Secure Act 2.0, as Chuck just mentioned, and now that is the new magic age for you to take your required distribution. So if you are... Um, not working yet, then you've got to take from all of your IRAs and all of your 401ks. If you're still working and you have an active 401k with a company, then just that 401k with that active company, you do not have to take a distribution from, but everything else you would. Um, They're also, with the new Secure Act rules, they are moving the required distribution age back um, as we push forward in time. So for example, once we get out to 2033, uh, so another 10 years from now, they're gonna push the required distribution age back from 73 to age 75. All right, so Sam, uh, when we talk about uh, retirement planning, we should be talking dual financial strategies. Yeah, it's it's what we do, Chuck. It's it's always what we've done. I mean, we started this business back in uh, 2000. So what are we coming into 22 years doing this? Um, tremendous amount of experience. But the experience that we have is based around retirement. It's not based around funding of college 529 savings plan. Uh, it's not any of those things. We have never, ever tried to appeal to the masses. And we've never been... Uh, a firm that would just literally take anyone that walked in the door. 
you need to qualify. You need to have saved a significant amount of money. In most cases, people that come and see us have saved at least $250,000 in their IRAs or 401ks. And that's really the level at which we're able to start helping you because that's when complexities start to come in. But we understand retirement. We understand the nuances of it. We keep abreast of legislation like this Secure Act 2.0. We've been talking about this for weeks, probably one of the first firms that you've heard that has been. And we know retirement. It's what we do. So you need to be talking to a firm that does what you're about to do, which is retire every day. Absolutely. And it's that retirement lifestyle review that dual financial strategies can provide for you uh, when you call. And it's at no cost, no obligation, by the way, 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. And Sam has uh, penned a book that's in its second printing called Purpose Determines Placement. And he will explain that to you when you come in and visit with either Sam or Andy or Luke at Dual Financial Strategies. They're here in the Fox Valley for you in Green Bay at Appleton, and it's 866-203-7486. I think that people get advice, but do they take advice? That's what we want to know in the next segment, right, Sam? Yeah, we're going to talk about that. But uh, when we come back, we're going to offer some advice about planning for retirement that you probably should take. However, most Americans don't. We've got the advice and the reasons we think it's worth following right after this. And we're back here on Dual Financial Strategies, your retirement program. I'm Chuck Caton, along with Sam Duell, Andy Schooler, and uh, Luke Van Abel of Dual Financial Strategies, where that phone number, once again, in case you missed it earlier, is 866-203-7486. So uh, we, we had one uh, little proverb from uh, Will Rogers in the last segment. Now we're going to go to Dolly Parton, who said a peacock that rests on its tail feathers is just another turkey. And I guess what we mean by that is that uh, advice sometimes is uh, hard to uh, uh, take. It's easy to give, but it's probably something you've heard before. But a lot of people choose to ignore it, especially in uh, planning for retirement. Right, Sam? And one of the pieces of advice that we always talk about is start saving early. That seems obvious, but a lot of people won't do it. Chuck, that is the number one, without question, far and away the number one habit or the number one trait of people that come in to see us that have put aside significant amounts of money that they adapted to very early in life. They started saving early. They started putting money away. It doesn't matter how much it is. I would say put away to the point that it hurts. That's probably going to be your best bet. However, do whatever you need to do. At a minimum, if you're working, if you're one of the people in the United States that still believes in the, you know, the ethics of hard work and you're not sitting at home that? in your mom and dad's <laughs> basement playing Xbox, save, save, save. Put away at least what your employer is matching. It's foolish to not, folks. I mean, if your employer will match 3% of what you put in, why in the world would you not do that? That's, that's free money. I mean, it's literally free money. So start saving early. Make it a habit. Just make it a part of your payroll deduction into a 401k plan or whatever your company offers and keep at it. Absolutely. All right. And uh, what about setting goals for retirement, Andy? That's just as important. 
It is. And understanding like where you need to stick your money. So setting goals can help you plan for retirement, but having an idea of how much you're going to need in savings, the age at which you want to retire, what type of investments you want in your portfolio can sure make a big difference to creating a successful retirement plan. If you're confused or don't really know what direction or you know, financial world is not your thing, come in and see us. Like that's what we can help you with. It's getting positioned for your retirement. There are sooner, I mean, when when we teach classes, the biggest comment we get is, gosh, I wish I would have known this information 15 years ago or more. Don't wait. Come in and see us and talk to somebody that can give you some help and give you some direction. That is very, very good advice. And Luke, another piece of good advice for people just in general in life is to live below your means, both before and after retirement, right? Yeah, I mean, Sam was just talking about, you know, in order to contribute to your retirement, you gotta live below your means to have that room for making those contributions. And we would argue that going into retirement that first year, that will probably be the most challenging year because for the last 20, 30, 40 years, you have delayed gratification in contributing to that retirement account. That money was always out there in the future as money that, hey, we're not going to touch this. We're not going to use this. Well, now the time has come to touch it and use it. I mean, that's the purpose of the money. So that first year taking some of those distributions can be challenging. Um, But even before you get there, step back, start to um, live on a little bit less that last year. Whatever you project um, your needs to be that first year of retirement, start living on that amount. Start taking retirement for a test drive because now you've got 12 months that you can use to fall back on your um, employment income if something were to happen. Absolutely. Um, yeah, well, it's, uh, it's true in every case. And Sam, I guess we beat a, a dead horse when we said take advantage of your uh, employer's 401k. So I'm going to uh, revert to uh, in order to do any of this, you've got to stay in good health. Yeah, that's absolutely true, Chuck. Staying in good health, it's not only good for you physically, uh, but it's a smart financial move. I mean, healthcare costs remain a considerable burden for the working population and for seniors. So the better health that you can stay in, that's the less times you're at a doctor, that's the less copay visits that you have, all of these things will reflect back positively on you um, if you remain relatively healthy. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to be out running marathons three days a week or anything crazy like that, but just remaining active, remaining, you know, walking, any of those types of things are good for you. And it's also important to remember that as health problems tend to mount for older people, Medicare doesn't cover everything. So if you're in really bad physical condition, that means that when you talk to Lake, if you are what we would consider to be a high consumer of medical services that's just that much more uh type of of uh you know ancillary benefits you're going to need to provide for yourself in an insurance a supplemental insurance policy against medicare so it can not only be good for you it can save you money to remain healthy yes it's uh, very true and andy uh, don't be a do-it-yourselfer ladies and gentlemen consult a financial advisor we say this all the time if this is not what you did as a profession and you feel overwhelmed by your retirement or retirement planning, talk to somebody. You may need to interview a number of people, but you need to find someone that you are comfortable working with, someone that has a similar belief system to what you do or a similar thought process about money. It's your money. So you need to be comfortable with whomever you're working with to make sure that you have what you need and it makes sense to you. There shouldn't be huge acronyms being flown around all over the place. And um, you need to understand 
in the simplest terms to whatever degree that is for you to make sure that you understand what tools that you're going to be using. How is that going to help you? I mean, that's the whole reason Sam named his book Purpose Determines Placement. What is the purpose of the money? That will determine placement of where it needs to go. Absolutely. And uh, another thing, Luke, is to, uh, well, whether you like it or not, we're in inflationary times. You better account for it. Yeah, we do need to account for inflation. I mean, we're accounting for it now in our pocketbook, um, but all the more with retirement. And I think that people go into retirement thinking that, well, this is what it's going to cost. And, you know, maybe as I get older, my expenses aren't going to increase that much and I'll be able to control it. But you certainly want to factor in not necessarily the six and a half percent inflation that we have right now over the next 20 or 30 years of retirement. But you want to factor in some increases. That's what we build into our plans um, is showing a reasonable inflationary rate um, so that, you know, your expenses aren't going to stay static over time. And we want the key is really being realistic because the number one concern that retirees, that families that come and sit down with us have is running out of money. And so if we can be realistic about the expenses that you need and account for those and focus more on income than net worth, then we can ensure that you're going to have the assets that you need over the next 30 years. And that's uh, why it makes it important, Sam, to keep track of your investments. Yeah, you want to watch these things. And this is probably one of the things that we see most often when you come and visit with us uh, and you're still working is that you've basically, you've all been in set it or forget it mode. Um, And you just, you know, you picked three or four mutual funds and you just kind of put those in your portfolio. And uh, the way that you pick those for your 401ks is always, in in my observation, is absolutely 180 degrees polar opposite of what you should do. You don't research any of it. You don't look at anything. And certainly your financial advisor never does. You pick the ones that have the lowest fees and the best past performance which means absolutely nothing. There's, there's, there's zero validity in doing it like that. Um, so you need to have these things examined. That's another good reason for you to work with a financial advisor. But let me tell you, absolutely insist and don't you dare spend a second with any financial advisor or more appropriately in today's world, product salesman that does not evaluate your current and existing 401k accounts in conjunction with whatever they're recommending. I'll give you an example of this. I see this time and time again, where you'll go in, you'll visit with the representative somewhere, they'll sell you a variable annuity, they'll sell you a bunch of mutual funds or something for an account that you're rolling over, and they never look at your 401k. They never look to see if what they're recommending to you is efficient within the context of the larger amount. I've seen this all the time, Luke, mm-hmm. every day. Right. People will come in, Somebody sold them a $100,000 variable annuity and a rollover IRA five years ago, but they've got $900,000 sitting in their 401k that's never been evaluated. Right. And the reality is they should have never owned what the salesman sold them to begin with because it just simply did not work in conjunction with what they owned. So insist that your financial advisor look at your entire financial picture instead of their entire financial picture. Right. And estimating Social Security benefits is all part of the package too, right, Andy? Yes, absolutely. Part of your retirement income will come from Social Security benefits. However, the monthly benefit amount is not the same for everyone. Social Security factors in your pre-retirement wages and your retirement age when determining your benefit amount. You can estimate your benefits by creating a Social Security account, just like they used to send the statements, as Sam said earlier. Um, you have to go to ssa.gov and create an account if you haven't done that to find out what your approximate benefits are. But again, it depends on 
are you married? Are you single? Um, and if you are married, then obviously you are going to have two social security benefits. If you are single, you're only going to have one. And if you are married when you start and and your spouse dies, then you're going to be reduced down to one again. So they'll give you the higher benefit, but this all leads into planning and what makes the most sense, especially for a couple, is generally the husband has a higher benefit amount. So it's sometimes better to see if you can allow that to continue to grow since it's an 8% roll up basically every year that you don't touch it, and perhaps use some of your retirement monies to, help you with within the years prior to turning on social security so that you can make sure that you whoever the spouse is that is remaining gets the biggest benefit all right and finally as we wrap it up avoid early withdrawals right luke and also plan for unexpected expenses yeah we want to avoid those early withdrawals that's taking money out of the iras in the 401ks prior to 59 and a half because there's some costly penalties that come with it in addition to the taxes um what I would recommend is that, you know, if you're in a position where you don't have maybe six to nine months worth of emergency um, expenses built up in in some sort of means that you can get at quickly, you may want to dial the 401k back to just contribute the minimum amount to get that match and then fund that emergency fund. Get that built up to the six to nine month level so you don't have to tap the retirement accounts and take on that penalty because these funds, as Sam talks about in his book, Purpose Determines Placement, the these funds are designed for retirement. So it would go against that um, purpose to start taking those out early and you're going to be penalized in doing so. So uh, the bottom line, Sam, is you can help people, right? That's what the Retirement Lifestyle Review is all about, Chuck. It's just about helping you get headed in the right direction, and it's as simple as a phone call. And the phone number is 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486 to get that no-cost, no-obligation retirement lifestyle review from Dual Financial Strategies. Well, it's been a fast-moving program, but we've got one segment left, don't we? We do, in fact, and that's the segment that is the most popular every week. When we come back, we're going to dig into this week's batch of questions from you. That and more coming up. on your retirement. Chuck Caton here for Dual Financial Strategies. Uh, They are terrific people to work with for uh, your retirement plans. They've had 22 years of experience in the uh, realm of uh, financial advice for retirement planning. It's 866-203-7486. And we have Sam Dual, Andy Schooler, and Luke Van Abel in studio, and we're ready to go. Sam, I think you're going to take the first question, aren't you? Yeah, indeed. We're going to go to Oshkosh, and Charlie is there. And with the uh, recent downturn, Charlie says, in the uh, stock market, uh, the situation is thusly. I'm trying to look for ways to uh, protect my portfolio. And I know the old adage, diversify, diversify, diversify. But what does that actually mean? And how do I uh, go about diversifying to protect my investments in this volatile market? Charlie, that's a really insightful question, and it's one that I wish that people would ponder a little bit more, because what happens is um, the word diversify has become synonymous with the stock market, and there are times when you simply cannot diversify within the stock market. And what I mean by that is let's talk about 2022. In 2022, we went through one of the worst stock and bond markets that there's been since 2008. And the reason for that is because we were in a systemic 
drawdown. And what that means is both the stock and the bond markets were moving off simultaneously. That's an anomaly. It doesn't usually happen that way, but every asset class in both stocks and bonds was moving downward because the Federal Reserve was raising interest rates at the same time as we were seeing rising inflation and, and a weakening economy. So the word diversify, I think, gets uh, misused a lot. I would rather see you diversify among techniques, diversify among strategies rather than just thinking about diversifying among the market. Give you an example. To be all in the stock market or all in the bond market in 2022 did you absolutely no good. You were going to lose money regardless. There was no way to avoid it. So wouldn't it make more sense if you were prudent in retirement to actually diversify across different strategies? What if you had part of your money in the stock and bond market? But then what if you also had part of your money in bank issued things like CDs? What if you were laddering some short term CDs? And then what if we start to factor in basically what are CDs on steroids from insurance companies? What if we layered in some fixed annuities there? What if you did some short term fixed annuities, two years, three years, five years at guaranteed rates before you ever get started? And then the absolute uh, icing on the cake would be what if you went one step further in the annuity world and you started to layer in some fixed indexed annuities folks that's one of the most powerful risk lowering strategies that there is in existence today and i find it's one of the least known all right yeah very good uh, advice there from sam duel now we'll go to andy peggy wants to know from green bay as a 58-year-old and currently going through a divorce, my husband has usually handled all the savings and investments, so I'm a little bit nervous about how to handle things myself, even though I'll be getting a substantial amount of money from the divorce. Uh, how should I go about setting up on my own, financially speaking? Well, Peggy, this is really important that you find somebody that you are comfortable working with. Um, the things that you're going to need to consider are where's your income coming from? how is that structured essentially? So is it purely social security? Is there social security plus pension? Is there going to be some sort of, this is a community property state. So is there going to be some sort of a spousal benefit that's paid to you? Um, understanding where your expenses are at. And then a big, big one is understanding your taxes. So going from married to filing single changes the tax brackets and the amount of income that you can have um, before you go to the next tax bracket. So that can make a big impact on what uh, you're actually going to get at the end of the day when you net it out. So I would I would say start with interviewing a number of advisors, find someone that you're comfortable with, uh, make sure they understand your total picture. And from that point in time, then it's really about making sure you understand where's your income coming from, is that guaranteed, um, where are your expenses, and how that's going to change over time, healthcare, et cetera, and understanding how taxes are going to affect you. Let's go to Appleton now. Uh, Dave is there for you, Luke, and uh, he wants to know, I'd like to invest in the cannabis industry. I've got five stocks picked out, and now these five stocks just happen to be listed in an exchange-traded fund, an ETF. So is it better to invest in the stocks individually or in the ETF, which uh, covers all the stocks in which I want to invest? Hi, Dave. Well, a little bit more information would be really helpful um, just to better understand your circumstances, like things like what portion of your assets um, will these five cannabis companies represent? 
Um, how much time do you dedicate to investment research and analysis going forward? Um, and how long do you anticipate holding these assets? So these are some of the things that um, would be helpful. Um, but generally speaking, um, individual stocks will carry more risk um, with them when the goal being more reward as well. But if the goal is to maybe outperform an index, a quote unquote index or ETF, this would be the place to do that. Individual stocks generally are cheaper to own, but do require more time and research to ensure the best placement. So if you've got time that you can dedicate to this, then individual stocks could be a good avenue if your tolerance for risk is there and you're willing to put in the time. ETFs or exchange traded funds will provide you some additional diversification as you've kind of already alluded to because the five holdings that you want um, to hold will be in there. In addition, you'll have exposure to some other areas as well. Um, but when you're thinking about exchange traded funds, you also have to consider that there will typically be a small fee for owning it. Um, but you're going to benefit from a lower relative risk because again, your money's spread out. And so your returns are going to be a little bit more stable. Um, as a, as a side note, ETFs can carry, you know, a dozen, few dozen to hundreds of different individual holdings inside of them. And um, just as a kind of a another aside, as a peek behind the curtain, if you will, for our listeners at Dual Financial Strategies, we do like ETFs. We do like exchange traded funds as opposed to kind of the overused mutual funds that tend to carry quite a bit more costs associated with them to get the diversification if we're talking about the market and market-like exposure. All right, the final question goes to Sam, and uh, it is Anne in Chilton, who says that my ex-husband and I were married for 25 years before we divorced, and he passed away this year. He was 68. I am 68 now, and my question is, how is Social Security affected by this? Will I still be able to uh, get entitled to uh, half his Social Security, even though uh, he's passed away? Yes, in that situation, and. Um because you were married more than 10 years, that's the first litmus test, is you have to be married at least 10 years before you divorce, um, you will be entitled to widow's benefits. So that's the common benefit that um, would happen for either a current spouse or an ex-spouse. Now, the one question would be, how much? I don't know. And the reason that I'm going to say that is because um, it depends on when he started claiming. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if he started claiming at age 62, well, then you're going to qualify for a reduced benefit because you're qualifying for, remember, you're qualifying for his benefits. You're not qualifying for your benefits. So when he started taking them uh, is very important to know. So that's one of the things that you would need to find out. But the uh, Social Security website is a great resource for this. I would recommend this to everyone whether you have questions um, or whatever the case might be but it's just it's just www.ssa.gov uh, and you can go in there and, and you can download any type of information that you want but we do find that it's a very comprehensive website it's a detailed website and many of your questions can be answered there and then you could also uh, interact with a social security specialist on that so that would be my recommendation and yes you do qualify there's going to be some caveats there depending upon when your uh, uh, ex-spouse uh, started taking his but check the website and then also you can speak to uh, social security specialists on that and then they can look at uh, his earnings record and tell you exactly what you would be entitled to 
Speaking of interaction, Sam, I think that people should be interacting with uh, you and Andy and Luca Dual Financial Strategies, and it's easy to do that, isn't it? Because uh, you uh, serve them well as a fiduciary. You know, we, we really pride ourselves on what we do, Chuck. We always have. There's two offices, so we make it very easy for you to come and see us, whether you're hearing us in the Green Bay area or if you're hearing us in the Appleton area. Uh, if you can hear our voice, there is an office that is reasonably close to you. We really, really, really focus on retirement. That's what we do. We tend to be more conservative by nature. We're not real wild-eyed and crazy type of investors. We're not really looking to uh, do a bunch of alternatives and things like that. We're very, very comprehensive, uh, extraordinarily detailed in what we do. But we are talking to people that are either very close to retirement or they're in retirement. And also, we're talking to people that are serious about retirement. This is people that have saved a significant amount of money. The The person that we can help the most will have at least $250,000 in their retirement savings plan. And you're serious about retirement, not curious about retirement. If you're curious about retirement, you know, go to one of those uh, free chicken dinner seminars that you see so many of the people out there selling stuff give. If you're just curious, Go do that because you're going to get your curiosity satisfied and, you know, maybe you'll get a little bit of a meal out of it as well. But if you're serious about retirement, that's where we start to come into play. Um, we're well qualified. We have many, many, many years of experience under our belt. We know what we're talking about. And if it has to do with the word retirement, we know about it. All right. I don't want chicken. I want steak if I'm going to go to one of those things. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> but we don't do we don't do those either. So there you go. <laughs> if you're looking for a free meal, that would be somebody trying to sell you an annuity or something i know i know if i ever run into trouble and uh, find uh, that i don't have any restaurants to go to i'll start taking because i get bombarded with oh. all of these uh, mailers uh, with these things and uh, for sure it's uh, but it's not what dual financial strategies do does uh, what they do is very simple they are fiduciaries who uh, put you first in your retirement plan as sam said they're thorough they've had over two decades of experience doing this and the retirement life style review is something you should take them up on because it's no cost no obligation to sit down with sam or andy or luke and uh, discuss your retirement and it's easy to do that call 866-203-7486 for that uh, no cost no obligation appointment that is 866-203-7486 well it's been a wonderful show sam your final thoughts well we just appreciate everybody tuning in we can't wait to help you can't wait to meet you Come see us and tune in again, same place, same time next week. Investment advisory services offered through Dual Financial Strategies, LLC, a Wisconsin registered investment advisor. Dual Financial Strategies does not provide legal or tax advice. Investment advisor representatives of Dual Financial Strategies may only conduct business with residents of the states and jurisdictions in which they are properly registered. Insurance and annuity products are sold through Dual Financial Strategies.